The Power of Sound, a Monocle 24 collaboration with KEF. My name's Hannah Peel and I'm a composer and an artist and part-time broadcaster for Radio 3. When I started to get into electronic music, I started to view the world differently because I started to think of the sounds and how they were produced and the sound waves and how fast a sound wave is moving to different notes. Whereas before, I just accepted that you just tuned to an A and that was it. But actually having oscillators and filters and ways of patching an actual electric form of energy and that kind of conversation between the human body and the energy produced as well that sort of changed everything in terms of like how I made music and how I now listen to music as well I guess with composing I always think there's a balance between my more electronic side and the more organic side and how do we balance that to make it sound like it is equal or it is part of the same thing rather than two separate entities as it were It only really came when I was a student and actually capturing sounds because of the mobile phone, because of the voice recorder and being able to capture diggers and builders outside or, or at the flowing of a lake or the sounds of a marina when the flagpoles are hitting the yachts. It's, it's only since you've, I've had it in my hand and had it in my pocket that I've took interest in the manipulation of that and the joy of that. The world has opened up and I guess one of the things that I found interesting about it is that I'm not a drummer and I've always found it difficult to come up with beats or feel comfortable with beats and rhythms and by capturing field recordings and turning them into sounds it makes me feel more comfortable, it makes me feel more like I'm manipulating a synthesizer and and I get much more enjoyment and that creates a kind of sound world palette that you can, I feel I can attach myself to like in composing for film and TV I would still feel that connection to my own albums because I've created my own rhythm using nature or using something that I've found the music for The Deceived and I was able to go on set and the, the TV show in itself the house is, is like a character it plays on people's minds there's a certain element of gaslighting and narcissism going on within the characters and the house kind of contains that so when we were talking about the soundtrack and the atmospheres and how I could approach it I came up with the idea that I wanted to see what it would be like to go into the house because it's a really old one it's spooky it can create 
atmospheres and tensions that maybe we could play with the psychology of the listener and the audience. And so, yeah, managed to go on a, on a Sunday. It had an amazing array of things, like the most amazing door that had this sub creak that just when you closed it really, really slowly, it created this huge rumbling sound that I used a lot for when there was a lot of kind of jump scares in in the show when there's you know moments of drama there was an amazing old piano that was in the living room that had obviously not been tuned for god knows how many years but it was beautiful because it was all open so i could see the strings everything else so i got a lot of the kind of the ethereal tensions and things from there I brought some drumsticks with me and used some sticks to play the bath, <laughs> this like old cast iron bath, and make a kind of shuffle. So a lot of the percussion on the show is used from that. But one of the, the really lovely things was in the house, the owners had so much crystal cut glass everywhere. And we just put it all onto a table, collected it all, and I recorded every single one, either running my finger around it or tapping lightly or playing with a soft beater. And from that, I was able to collect those sounds and turn them into instruments. So then I could play the tone that was produced, but in any key. So it meant that 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 ethereal sound of the glass really acted as a kind of a voice because it was just such a kind of... It just fitted perfectly with with what was happening in the in the storyline. So I wrote an album called Awake But Always Dreaming. It was a reaction to my grandmother's kind of delve into dementia. And gradually as we lost her, I started to write a record about the experience of that and where she might have gone. The relationship between memory and sound is so coherently locked together. And that was something I didn't realise And I guess where everything came from in that album is, you know, I'd been watching and feeling and experiencing, seeing my grandmother kind of dive deeper into Alzheimer's and start to lose her connection to who she was. And also, you know, you're left with a lot of questioning about who you are as well and what that means and and the sadness of that. That person is changing. They are not who you once thought they were that opens doors to many things guilt not visiting enough you know there's so many things that go with that but it wasn't until Chris one Christmas and you know she didn't know who I was or my father um she used to like say little things like oh I like to my dad are you my lover and and make us laugh and giggle but it was it was so heartbreaking as well but um one Christmas we started to sing carols in the nursing home and she went from not knowing and recognising what day of the year it was to opening her eyes and singing the songs. Word for word, perfect. Melodies, everything. And it was mind-blowing and I just couldn't understand it. I was like, how can you do that? How can you sing? How can you remember this? But yet you can't remember anything else. And... 
that opened a door into the science side and discovering why that is and what is happening to the brain and how that can relate to sound and music. And the most beautiful thing is that, you know, up until your early 20s, you do, that is the part of your brain, the, the auditory cortex, which contains all the sounds of your youth and and your memory and it's connected like even to do with smell it's it's all that type of thing that is contained in that place and as the alzheimer's kind of eats away at the outside of the neurons of the brain that is the last place because that is the the first part of the brain to be formed so it's the last place to be touched which I think in itself is just gorgeous and actually it puts a a greater value on music and sound and literature and poetry because not only could she remember songs but she could also remember poetry that she'd learned as a child as well and I think that's quite a, a prominent thing when people remember lyrics and stuff as well but one of the things that unlocked the record as a as a talking point was the conversations that we had they were always the same always you know who I was what I did what I played I used to tell her every time that she gave me my violin and it and the case was full of woodworm but the violin was beautiful and, and it had, hadn't been touched and it was her brother that had given her the violin when he died quite young so there was always this story that I used to tell her and so I recorded that one day and then manipulated that, put it through tape, mashed it up so it felt like it was coming wobbling through a different world from a different place, imagining what she would be hearing when words get confused and hallucinations are happening which were, were getting more and more frequent. And from that bed of sound um, came the song, Conversations. We used to live by a field in Northern Ireland that had cows in it and to this day, when I hear cows, I think of me and my brother going outside and putting on plays for the cows. <laughs> I know this is so mad, but they used to line up against the fence and watch us. They were our audience. And still that sound of the feet in the mud and the sound of their heavy breathing and their breath still brings back that visceral memory of, of fun and enjoyment and, and connection to an animal as well. Sound is transforming, especially with other senses. It can trigger smells and visual colours. The, the power of sound and the, the things that we forget about, especially about the vibration and the, and the feel of it as well, I think is a is a really powerful thing in life. So I was working with a a colliery brass band 
uh, for an album called Mary Cassio Journey to Cassiopeia, which was a collaboration between a band that had been put together out of various bands from around the country called Tubular Brass. And uh, this piece was with Tubular Brass and synthesizers. I decided that I wanted to do a journey into space. Now, I'd grown up, when I went, we moved to Yorkshire, I'd grown up playing the trombone, so I, I had played in brass bands for a good 10 years of my life anyway. And I always found that the kind of the resonances and the sound around you in a brass band in particular, because of the breath and because of the, the vibrations in the room that are created by a breath, especially when you all are breathing together it's like one giant organism or like a kind of or an organ even it's the swelling of things that always gave me the shivers so when I was writing for the piece for them I was really conscious that I wanted to create that low end kind of area of tension and and things that really made you feel like spoke to your gut and combined with a synthesizer where you've got the low-end sub and then you've got the high-end frequencies of, like, say, a Juno 60, that you've got that expanse of sound that isn't harsh, but it is full. And one of the things that happened in the very first performance, it was in a church in Manchester in May I think 2016 but it um, was that experience of everyone playing at the same time and growing into a crescendo that literally I have not met anybody that hasn't said that they didn't cry at that point I mean even I was on stage trying to hold back that feeling of shivers all the way down your body and your spine because of this just gigantic warm sound that really does hit your stomach and your gut and there is no getting away from it there is something magical about that and I guess that feeling of it's not an epiphany maybe it maybe it is but it's that feeling of discovery like the first time I played a, a piano and realized that it created a sound and I could hit it as much as I want and it creates a melody but this this was like a feeling of like where it takes your breath away and that is the thing that I guess I keep chasing when I write music for larger ensembles is that feeling of of conveying something that feels bigger than the sum of our parts that speaks I don't know if you are spiritually minded maybe it speaks of something higher or greater but for me, I don't believe in that kind of thing, so I feel like it's something, it's the way that we connect to nature and the things that are around us. Maybe it's shaking the dark matter in the room or something. <laughs> 